Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back to Voicing Violent. Oh no, I forgot to turn off my air. One second. <laughs> <laughs> Just like me, right before I start each show. Welcome back to Voicing Valiant, podcast by the community, for the community. This is episode 38, and I'm Bookworm. And I'm Shadowcon. And today we have an extra special episode, because with us we have Lego Man from the Mayhem Maniacs. Sup guys, I'm the bombastic kind of annoying person that likes to go to sporting events, get drunk, and cheer on for the losing team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Do you get drunk because you're rooting for the losing team, or is just that's just something you do anyway? I mean, if they give uh, free beer, which they did at the Atlanta Homestead, then I'll definitely take advantage of that. Ooh, true, true. I would take advantage of that as well. Mm, like I don't, dude. I don't, I don't like beer, but free drinks. I mean, thing. it's it's okay. I, I I'm gonna try my best not to swear this much in this episode because I know for a fact if you go to my podcast, you will hear me drop the f bombs probably like once every two minutes. Because uh, if you've been through the hell that I've been through, then you would be kind of the same person <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, incompetence uh, breeds toxicity, and toxicity breeds my podcast. So, welcome <laughs> to Mayhem Maniacs. <laughs> yeah, because like, I was uh, watching the, the Valiant versus Mayhem game because I didn't get to catch it live. And they were just talking about how this would have been Mayhem's longest win streak. At three wins? Yes, it would have. Oh. <laughs> I was I was trying to think, well, wait a minute. Like, what was the last win streak that we had? And that was probably like in stage two when after we beat the Los Angeles, you guys, Los Angeles Valiant, we then beat the San Francisco Shock. And then my thought process, uh, that was like the win streak that we were going with. And apparently that wasn't the win streak that they were talking about. They were talking about the other win streak, and that was the Dallas Fuel and the Shanghai Dragons, which is less um, appealing when you look at it on paper because you look at uh, the Dallas Fuels and the Shanghai Dragons' performance uh, in Stage 3, and it was just god-awful. It was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were able to, like, sweep them 3-0, but then we weren't unable to get the 4-0 victory in that map. The only 4-0 victory we've ever had was Shanghai Dragons Stage 1, so... That tells you a whole lot about uh, the Mayhem's uh, current track record. Yeah, I think they chose that one. Was that was that one the most recent one they had? Right? Wait, what? The the oh, win streak. Oh, the, the win streak. Yes, that was the most recent one we yeah, had. Yeah, that's probably that's probably why we went. They went with they went with that one. Too many W's. <laughs> I mean, if you thought a two game win streak was a lot, get ready because we had eleven game losing streak at the start, like halfway through the season. Oh, uh, it was uh, it, it was a it was a quite a ride to uh, have. I was at the literally my mindset was I, I was thinking you know what if we go 0 and 43 if we lose 43 games in a row I will gather as many angry mayhem fans as possible run down to the Misfits headquarters in Miami and just come up with a bunch of sarcastic tone kind of protest I guess it's a good time to ask so why are you a mayhem fan Why am I a mayhem fan Well. Throughout my entire life, me and my dad have been fans of sports, uh, of really bad teams in general. Uh, I have grew up in California, uh, no, not California, North Carolina, uh, for about five years. And then we moved down to Florida uh, ever since then. Uh, my dad was always a diehard Carolina Panthers fan, Carolina Hurricanes fan. 
And every single season, we would lose. We would have Jake DeLome in the quarterback position. Yeah, sure, he made it to the playoffs in 2003. But after that, it was just like loss after loss after loss. Hurricanes did terrible after season after season until 2006, where we won the Stanley Cup. But if you're asking, why am I subjecting myself to this kind of suffering? Why am I subjecting myself to a team that looks like it has no hope at the end of the tunnel? Loyalty. I grew up in this state for about... 13 years well no not 13 years 15 years i have lived in this state for 15 years i have been a part of this community for a very long period of time and the real reason why i'm a part of the overwatch league why i cheer for an overwatch league team is because of geolocation this is something i've been waiting for for very, very ever since i've been like a diehard counter-strike fan from like 2004 to 2018 the moment i heard that there was going to be geolocation in overwatch a game you know i played here and there but i played quite a bit the moment I heard geolocation, I just became an instant fan. And, you know, my uh, my idiocy and blind loyalty is probably the reason why I'm still a fan today. And why it's probably why I'm still going to be a fan, even if the Florida Mayhem take, go with an 0-43 season. Because that's just how I perceive fans. Like, you're with that team no matter what. No matter how bad they suck, no matter how many poor decision-making, <laughs> no matter how many poor decisions that your team makes, you have to stick with it because that's what a fan does. I'm glad you're loyal. Because uh, mm-hmm. Mayhem needs fans. Oh, yeah. yes, they do. I need, I need to start, like, going to their games and just starting pumping up people. Like, while the, while the alcohol is throwing in their bloodstream, I'm just going to, like, say, Get loud, everybody! <laughs> Woo! I, like, actually moved away from my mic because I was scared. My mic would pick you up and echo. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's probably why. Get ready. I'm pretty bombastic. Okay. I mean, you. I was, my other question would have been, like, how long have you been a fan of? But you kind of answered that. So, Since the like, beginning, yep. So, why did you decide to start a podcast for the mayhem of all people? <laughs> so, um, do you, I don't know if you guys really watch uh, sports that much. Do you? I do. Uh, yeah. I think Khan does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big sports guy. Are, are you aware of a YouTuber by the name of Urinating Tree? Yes, I am. Ah, yes. Okay. So, uh, right when I saw his videos and uh, his sarcastic tone, his ability to just dissect teams. And, you know, just make fun of them, add some comedic intent to it. It it just made me fall in love with him. And I was going, I was thinking in my head, why don't we have this for esports? Like, I wanted to do this for Counter-Strike, League of Legends, and Overwatch. If I can keep track of all of them at the same time, the same way your name tree does it. But the the research that this guy does, the, the ability just to pick apart every single thing that's wrong with the team was just so amazing to me. And I felt like I wanted to do something like that because the Florida Mayhem had like so many problems. I really wanted to just make a YouTube video similar to your Yang Trees video videos on sports, but for for esports. So uh, I kind of wanted to dissect like FaZe Clan because you know I have I have differing opinions about that organization, and I really wanted to dissect Florida Mayhem. But I never had any skills in video editing or anything like that. But I still wanted to create content for the Overwatch League community. That was until my uh, partner Pretzel Jacks went on the subreddit for the Florida Mayhem and said. Why don't we create a fan-made podcast? I've been seeing all these podcasts for all these sports teams, but you know what? We think that esports is a sports. So let's do something for the offseason. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'll, I'll freaking do it. Let's step, I'll step up to the plate and actually do it. I wanted to make content. And then at that moment, uh, we created the Mayhem Maniacs podcast. We created a logo. I got my crew going on. And uh, we've been doing this uh, show for an, a year now, since August uh, of last year. And... We've just been setting sell after that. So uh, I got some really major inspiration from hearing Nating Tree, having this sarcastic, bombastic attitude uh, toward the Florida Mayhem. 
And I wanted that to translate in my podcast. I wanted to create a fan base around this podcast. And I also wanted to create a fan, uh, a podcast for the fans. Because the thing was, it does seem like the Florida Mayhem does a lot of things behind closed doors. It's not very clear what they're doing. So my job with this podcast is to like relay to the team, this is what the fan base thinks of you right now. Start fixing things. And you know what? My podcast will be more and more uh, cheery, more and more happy when you start fixing things. So uh, my, my goal with my podcast is to relay how the fans feel. Not just like, you know, your like spokesperson kind of fan, you know, like just your average fan, how it feels about the team and uh, showing off the energy of what are their emotions and whatnot. So that's uh, that's my podcast in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, glad you started not to have met like another podcaster because when around the time I was like first started this up with some of the other people who are like interested in making a a Vanyan podcast there's Nama who was like who started this all but she's been kind of like AFK like from the internet in general and they need you to home knife and like I started looking up uh, some of the other podcasts that they would that was about Overwatch teams and most of them seem to like end after f- 5 to 10 episodes they just kind of like disappear so uh, we almost had that a few times just because of scheduling issues and stuff like that uh-huh. so it's glad to see that like more and more have been starting these podcasts and continuing them yeah i, I could safely say that i've kind of had a, a lot of control over what the scripts were going to be and uh what the times <gasps> were going to be oh no yes no no yes <laughs> D- did you know oh my god no i no that that it's definitely important to have like certain structure, especially in your podcast. Like you guys have a specific formula. I've got my own specific formula. I always apply yeah. that same formula over and over again. It's usually just a couple of news stories where there I kind of like skim through the pages to see what's going on in the Overwatch League community, what's going on in the gaming community. And I would express my opinion on that. But for the, for the most part, yeah, I would have like, I would kind of come up with jokes, wacky ideas. Uh, I remember in our first episode, I did like a really big uh, scripted episode. And my first joke was about uh, XQC uh, getting back in the news for being a banned account before the uh, World Cup. And oh. uh, my joke was um, uh, about XQC, you know, telling Muma to do you know what. Yeah. Oh. So what I did was for the joke was, um, yeah, I, XQC has been going through a lot of issues real quick. But you know what? No one can forget the... Uh, uh, meeting after XUC telling Muma to do you know what uh, uh, we actually have a clip of that and I play the clip uh, from Full Metal Jacket where uh, the sergeant was telling the guy do you suck dicks sir no sir bullshit I'm making suck a golf ball through a garden hose and that like at that point I'm thinking oh god we're gonna hit this show every single week with every possible joke we can get oh damn <laughs> and but of course we kind of again <laughs> Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, yeah, we've been kind of scaling back on, like, the exact recordings with that because I don't want my editor to get, like, overworked because he's, he's working a lot um, in his current job. Uh, so he's been kind of here and there, you know, doing stuff. But uh, he's been very consistent in the recordings. I'm glad to have a partner that's always there for me every week that knows uh, what time this podcast starts. He's there on time. I have my um, I have my schedule listed out. I have, like, what our plan is for the episode of the night. And I just throw ideas back and forth. And so far, we've been doing this every week for an entire year. Yeah. Like, uh, hopefully now, Khan has a job that doesn't give him as bad as a commute. And I will be, like, setting up my schedule for this coming year so that we can have a better alignment. 
the thing that really threw us for a noob was uh, Sunday games, because that was our recording day. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's the only thing that we didn't like about this uh, new schedule for this season. <laughs> yeah, I understand why they did it, but uh, yeah, didn't work out for us. We had so yeah. many problems. <laughs> but I think we like finally set it out, and the season's almost over, so... Yeah, some teams only got like down. four to two games left. Yeah, and then like, then there's just play-ins, and of course that's gonna be even less teams to worry about. And we need hoping Vanyard makes it, please. Ah, uh, yeah, good. You guys <laughs> made second place last season. What a downgrade from this season, eh? Yeah, yeah. That, that that was pretty rough start to this season. So, but I mean, they've been bouncing back. I would say pretty damn well. Yeah, going zero and seven to being in contention for play-ins is like a big thing. Yeah. Tell me, what was going through you guys' mind when uh, when you guys were in the bottom of the pack with an 0-7 record after stage one? Uh, don't go on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but uh, I, I was just trying to figure out why it seemed like we just could not play GOATs. Because to me, that was our, our biggest, my biggest question mark. Because mm-hmm. Coach Moon was such a like team objective-focused kind of coach. You would think goats would be his kind of meta to to coach in, but the team just didn't seem coordinated whatsoever uh, for it. They just seemed very inept at trying to <laughs> play goats. Right, yeah. right. But getting the new coach, uh, getting new players, like just a restart, really helped them to the point that they're in contention for plans. While other teams that have also gone zero and seven this uh, this season at one point that had a lead on Vanyant on making it in. So it's one of those things. It's like, it's a really feels, feels good man thing. Well, like, I mean, yeah, it's a feels good man thing. You guys went from 0-7 to being the number one seeded team in the, in the league. And now, like, you're actually now uh, within reach of playoff contention. Thank God you got, like, Dallas and Paris kind of falling apart. Houston's also falling apart as well, along uh, with Boston. So that just cleared the pathway for you guys to actually make the uh, play-ins. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But I guess that's a good time to switch into this week in Overwatch, Nick. We're just going to do an overview of what's been going on since we do have like a longer section coming up since we do have a third person for it. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, starting on Thursday, we had Spitfire versus Vancouver Titans, which went all the way to map five, two, three. Titans taking it. And this one was like one of those scary ones because it's like, oh, my God. Somebody else is going to beat the Titans? Ah. At this point, I only want 0-7 teams to beat the Titans. It's all I want. <laughs> it's a dream that has come true once, but I highly doubt the miracle will ever come back again like that. Yeah, because Justice, Justice narrowly missed 0-7 a few times. Uh, did, they went 0-7 third stage? Oh, no, uh, they, 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 caught, uh, they no, got no, one they, win. Yeah. They... They've been Odin seven before, yeah. They, yeah. They got yeah, no. one, they got one win stage one and then one win stage three, I believe, and then yeah, they went Odin seven in stage two. Okay, I was trying to remember which stage it was. So only O like there's a thing that like only Owen seven teams can beat the Titans. Like let's, let's see if they can keep that up. <laughs> well, a team that has gone Owen seven is what yes. you're saying. Oh, okay. Yes, a team yeah, that has gone sound. 0-7 is the only one who has beaten the Titans. Yes, the Valiant and the and the Washington Justice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We came close with the Mayhem-ish. Yeah. 4-0 <laughs> was not close. Uh, okay, they had, I a, say they, for, had a good, they had a good opening. 
I could safely say <laughs> finally with the coaching staff that our team played a lot better than what we did before. I, I, I mean, yeah, sure. It was a slaughter. It was a four zero, but I think it would have been even more of a slaughter, even if that's possible, but still, uh, I, I think our performance, especially yeah. in that game, it, it really opened my eyes to saying, Hey, you know what? This team's got something. Cause I, I, I said like a last week before the, before that game started, I said, this is the throwaway game, literally throw out whatever strategy, crazy, wacky strategy you have throw it out in this game. That's exactly what they did. They put in Swan, they put in Byram, they put in rain, they put in, uh, um, well, yeah, they, they put in the standard DPS players that say in BQB. Um, they didn't put in Zephyr. Thank God that wasn't the case. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they put but in literally everyone in the backup position there. Yeah, but I, I was trying to give them like, some knee way because you're here. And I know you're going to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised you haven't been tearing me apart after that uh, game against the Valiant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, after that was Eternal versus Fusions. It's just another map fiver. And actually, looking at the this, like everything that's gone on this week, there's a lot of map fives compared to other weeks. Oh, please tell me what's a more dynamic duo like Philadelphia Fusion and Map Five. I mean, what else you got? True. <laughs> like if you if you got Fusion playing, you're gonna find a Map Five like at least once a week. Yeah, basically, you can you can pretty much you can pretty much guarantee it. Yeah, Dude, good, how it, it, it would be a good Vegas bet to bet on. <laughs> Dude, how can a team that's so close to playoffs throw so hard in the second half? Like, this is the Paris Eternal. They haven't been playing good all season. Yeah, sure, they had some moments of great progression or, like, you know, finally they got the roster figure out. And you know what? This meta has really worked out very well for them. But come on, Philly. You really are disappointing the fans by taking it to a reverse sweep against, of all teams, the Paris Eternal. A team that I could safely say is not going to make the play-ins by the end of the season. Mark my words. Uh, were they already eliminated? Not, uh, no. They, no, they haven't been eliminated yet, but they're they're pretty much on the cusp yeah, of elimination. I, I know that they're one of the teams that's like right on the edge, and they have a really bad map differential. Last I saw, which yeah. makes it even worse for them, because you got you got somebody like Valiant who's also on the cusp, and they have an amazing map differential compared to everybody else who's around the same like win loss as them. So it's like I'm, one of those things that like if all of them end up with the same win loss by the end. It's going to be Vanyat who takes it because they just have the best map differential out of all of them at the moment. The so only like, thing that's consistent yeah. in this league is Philadelphia Fusion's inconsistency because that's some, <laughs> something that has just constantly been a theme with this team from the start of season one to season two. I've really yet to see like a solid uh, performance by them. Yeah, sure, they'll have like a really good game, but they always take it to game five. They always seem to falter when they don't, when they can't falter. And, and, you know, thanks to losing this game, I can safely say that I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're just going to be stuck on the plans because Hanjo, I don't think, is going to give up that placement very easily. Granted, they've lost three games to the stage, but I think this is the moment they're going to start to wake up and really start to kick it into gear. Because, yeah, like, uh, Friday, Spark lost to New York, and then they beat Hunters the next day. So I'm like... It's like one of those things, like, well, Hunters, I, it kind of feels like a guaranteed win for them, but it's like, are they now realizing, hey, we kind of have to win to make sure we don't lose our spot to Finney, who might, like, not get in at all and stuff like that. Yeah, this yeah. is like, this is like really, really, like, down to the nine because it's so close to people being just pushed into play-ins now. Like, teams you thought were going to be guaranteed playoffs isn't. Like, you can see with, with Finney, they went from possibly getting guaranteed in playoffs to plans like it's, it's like what's going on here right 
And I guess uh, that's it for that game. We can move on to Defiant versus Mayhem, which I'm sure you can have lots of thoughts oh, on. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> this is the one... I, I said it at the beginning of the, of the stage, and that is that uh, the games that you must win, Toronto twice, Boston, and the Washington Justice is the games that we have to win. This is before I realized the Justice had suddenly done a 180 before after after uh, that huge defeat uh, against the Vancouver Titans. Um, the one thing I've always said about this team is that we have no more excuses left. Like, yeah, sure, during the rest of the season, we didn't have a coaching staff. We had an incompetent manager who was unable to pick up players that we need to pick up. The roster that we selected was under a coach that is no longer in the Florida Mayhem. Bearhands didn't even have a selection of any of these players at the start of the season. Finally, we now have players that represent Bearhands. We finally have a coaching staff that can actually get this team into shape. We, we have all the tools at our disposal. The only thing that we will have oh, we won't have if we lose games is the desire to win okay the desire to win is the only obstacle that the florida mayhem have in that moment and quite frankly this stage they have completely surpassed all my expectations especially taking down the toronto fight now granted first map ilios very obviously not going to be our victor our, our, our golden map uh, i think it's currently our worst map in, in in any of the map pool including havana uh but after that, like, uh, Hanamura, just complete domination. Say a player popped the hell off. Uh, you also had um, Kings Row, an amazing performance done by BQB and say a player on the May. Uh, and say a player on, on Hanzo and Widowmaker. It was just incredible performance on our DPS lineup. And Havana, don't, like, amazing offensive push. But the last moment, our defense was really crumbling. If it wasn't for the fact that say a player bailed us out at the last minute... We would have lost this map. It was it was complete chaos at the end. We had like the fourth fastest map time on Havana, and then we were about to like get completely destroyed by the Toronto Defiant. And then say a player pops three heads, we got the map under lock. It was it was incredible in that at that moment. I feel like it's a recurring thing that say player just knicks heads. He just bails like, us out. I can yeah, safely basically. Say that. That's like that's the like win strategy. Let him knick heads. I mean, if Widowmaker's in meta, we're going to let him play Widowmaker. But especially looking at the recent matchup against Los Angeles Valley, you saw that the team had major disagreements with him playing uh, Widowmaker. And that's probably why you saw him like constantly switch back and forth from Reaper to Widow, Reaper to Widow, Reaper to Widow uh, on Junkertown. I think that was like a prime example of the team kind of having some miscommunication. Uh, I feel like that was also partially because of how the map is set up because first point is very, very good for Widow. Second point, if you don't get that high ground quickly enough... Uh, it's not good for Widow because you, you don't you don't get down. that side nine, so it's better to go Reaper and then force the team to play close quarters. Uh, you know, actually, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> we're, probably, like, we're just like talking about side player, and I'm mean, trying to use this as an example. I'm like, you know, we're gonna talk about this later, so we might as well just hold off. Yeah, we're, we're uh, gonna ha- we're gonna have quite the discussion about side player. Because like side sure. player, oh boy, I want to talk about mm. him. What? But uh, yeah, I mean, like yeah, <laughs> mayhem, mayhem strategy. Net him connect heads like. Even when he's on Reaper, like you don't really want to take that one v one with him, because he's just like he's he's very good at knicking heads, specifically heads. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he's, he's been you, he has been like, conditioning Reapers. himself. Go ahead. We, we like Reaper shotguns since they do so much damage up close. You don't want to take that 1v1 because you know he's going to knick your head. He's not going to get the body shot. He's going to knick your get head, get the extra damage in. Already having that buff of being like close up to you. And, like you, you're not, you're not going to win this. You're not going to win this. 
pretty much. I guess maybe that's why they go, eh, switch him off to Reaper. Yeah, they they yeah. obviously switched him off to Reaper because the close quarters was really working for us very well. Uh, you know, we're coming out of the Toronto Defiant game. I was really thinking that BKB was kind of our weakest link in this lineup. And the reason why I say that is because his Hanzo play uh, is seems to be his downfall on quite a couple of instances. There, there was a, a couple of moments where we were going double snapper where Say was doing most of the work and like BQB just could not uh, get a connection with uh, any any of the enemy uh, enemy team players. And you know, I, I remember I posted on Twitter, but like he definitely shut me down on Havana on uh, no, Hanamura. Uh, after I saw like a very piss poor performance uh, on against London, and then at the start of Ilios uh, with the double sniper comp uh, with BQB on that lineup, I didn't really see a good performance from him on that lineup as well. I was like saying, you know what, just let him stick with May, let him stick with the other deep uh, projectile DPS players. Don't let him play Hanzo; he needs a lot more work. And immediately he shuts me down because he just I think uh, shut down Logics and Mangachu right on uh, Hanamura and like just gave us the huge uh, window of opportunity just to take the map and. Here we are. We did it. Taking taking them out in uh, Hanamura and just taking the victory 3-1. Yeah, and like, it's really good for you guys. Cause I, what would have been map 5? Uh, Busan, I believe. Busan, yeah. And like After everything, like, yeah. It, it's either Elios or Busan. That's like the starting lap, I think, for this uh, current stage. Yeah. Good for you guys for getting that win. Just hey! More, more boost. More boost. Win streak. Mm. Win streak ah, activated. <laughs> well, yes, it was a win streak for a little bit. But then after that is Charge versus Dynasty. Charge taking it 3 2. Map fives. Three map fives that day. There, <sighs> so, there are so many sleeper teams in this league. Like, I remember before when I was uh, looking at the uh, doing some scouting for most of the teams that were selected for the offseason. I was, like, ba basing their, like, skill set uh, off of what they've done in Contenders. And Contenders, all they did was play Dive. They played uh, uh, the old meta of, of Season 1, uh, back and forth. You had Reinhardt, Rosaria with a Genji in the mix. Sometimes you get a Mei, sometimes you get a Reaper. It was all very map-specific. And you can see, like, a, just the, the plethora of hero pools uh, in K Korean Contenders and all these other Contender scenes. And to now see that... Uh, talent finally come in action in stage four, it makes you reconsider what you think of Overwatch League in general. Like, you have to rewire your brain to think, oh, God, what teams are the best and what teams are the worst now? Because I have no clue. This is a meta that really that's mechanically skilled players show off. Because before, it was more about teamwork, and now it's still very much about teamwork. Overwatch has always been a teamwork type, uh, type game. But now you just see... The, like, the deep hero pool some of these players have that really, really helps them. Because, like I've mentioned before, Nero's hero pool, so good. Like, we used to talk about Hotbub because back in, uh, back before the 2 2 2 knock, he could go from the Diva to the deep, to any DPS they wanted. And, like, but now that Nero's not to play and they have the 2 2 2 knock, now he gets to flex his huge hero pool. Uh. It's just like, oh. And it's like, it's one of those things, like, I've, I've rooted for George for a while. And, like, even though them winning hurts Valiant's chances, I'm just, like, I'm just there with, like, the sad Bongo Cat, like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I find I'm sad it Bongo weird. Cat. I find it weird. You look at these teams where, like, the uh, Charge, the um, San Francisco Shock, Boston Uprising in some instances, uh, even the Toronto Defiant here. You look at these teams, like, transferring more and more into mixed rosters, and you always hear, like, the Florida Mayhem or, like, teams uh, that used to have a, a mixed roster 
uh, go out and say like it's very hard. The language barrier is very, very difficult to overcome. But I, I see these teams overcome it. I'm thinking maybe it's just the fact you're just too scared to, to attempt it. Well, like Charge has three languages to work with because they have Chinese players. They have Korean players and they have uh, Kib is no longer with them. So no more. E- so just no, English. So, so like just, this uh, in the United States. You, USA, you just have. Yeah. Nero in the USA. Yeah, exactly. And and it's that's, like, the, it's, that's, that's my point because they actually, despite the language barrier, they're still winning games. They're still outperforming some of these teams. So I think that language barriers are an issue, but I think it's also the fact that teams are just, some of these teams like the Florida Mayhem are just too afraid to go with it, are just too afraid to, you know, take that risk. And I think like, that's uh, what... Like Nero is actually, like every now and then, if you look on his Twitter, he, he types in Korean. Like he's been making an effort to learn Korean, to better, like talk to his teammates and then you also they recently picked up Bishu who is fluent in both Fraggy's Fraggy's Fraggy yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was in <laughs> Finny Fusion so he has he has that practice in a multilingual multicultural team so it, I don't think it's going to be that hard for him to adapt to it mm. it's just it's just think it's you have to be in a different mindset to do this and I don't, I just feel like not, not those teams like like that say oh it's hard to do a multi multicultural multilingual multinational whatever what they decide to use to talk about it like it's it, it's hard but you have to make it work and mm-hmm. they just decide not to make it work yeah exactly and like charge is showing it now like this is really the meta and like I I'm like I'm really proud of them yeah charger's looking very good and. That was also the second reverse sweep of Thursday alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because because Paris reverse swept Philly and then Charge reverse swept Seoul. So. I felt so bad for Mayhem fans because that's a team day. I was just like, I was thinking about all my friends who were there and just dying yeah, thir- to get this <laughs> over with. Yeah, team day in LA. Sweet. Just give me three days and I'll probably uh, break down my car in the middle of the road trip there. So I'll, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> like, the thing is that I know those people who fly out for team days because I've, I've been there for Seoul Dynasty's team day. So many people flew out from Korea. Uh, I believe, which which are the team day that I remember lots of people flying out for? I know, I know Dynasty was a big one for that. Uh, I know some, oh, people I know have planned to fly out for Dragons Team Day, which is uh, this coming week. And it's just like. Look, if the, I'm willing to kiss up maybe wow. to my CEO or owner of the Florida Mayhem, I would have bought a $300 <laughs> ticket over there just to say, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> uh, just may- maybe just like get some network if I'm willing to go that far for networking then I'm li- literally nothing will stop me from becoming one of the best podcasts in, in the world I-, I can tell you that right now <laughs> so like I-, I know that I don't I don't think lots of people flew out for the mayhem no. team day because it's, it's not it's not one of those teams it's, but ha- it's, it's literally the entire country like there's no way we're doing that yeah so it's just like it was mostly local fans who were there or people who just wanted to get the signatures to be like nationist or there for the fr- free goodies because they look like some pretty good free goodies. I wanted to go just for the smoothies. <laughs> None of that smoothie. But I didn't go because like it's a Thursday. It's always tough for me to go to the arena on... What is that kitty? I, I think, I, I think anyone... That? Yeah, I heard the kitty. I bet you I bet you also been hearing my dog scratch on my door. I've just been refusing I to let him in. I actually haven't heard that. Slipper. 
Yeah, I haven't heard the the door. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But you'll probably pick it up on the mic in the recording. I bet. Probably. <laughs> all right. So the, the all animals are starting to make their guest appearances already. It seems. Yeah. Oh, no. As long as none of mine do as well. <laughs> and this is where Bella shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Bella will come in and dispute something he says. She yeah, won't the, do that. Th- there's been plenty of times where where Book and I are having quite the the argument, and then Bella pipes in like. When I'm trying to talk. <laughs> she takes my side. Yeah, she, she likes taking Book's side a lot, it seems. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, that was a tough day for Mayhem because they win and then they have to wait so long to do their signing. I felt bad yeah. for them. Like, three map fives. Like, can you get a longer day? Can you yeah. get a longer day? Yeah, I, I was even th- joking with Malik about how late he was there <laughs> working too. Oh, God, the... the the tenant there they must have been exhausted oh yeah they, they were all tired <laughs> well next day friday two map fives not as bad as three but there's still two there we had yeah, uh well, yeah, that was that was the guanju charge soul dynasty game and then yeah after, after then we that washington <laughs> after that washington <laughs> justice boston uprising yeah <laughs> Up, uprising washington washington taking it three to one keeping the hope for a Oh, seven and oh. <laughs> yeah, I feel Stage. like we should start getting that ready. That might happen. That might happen. Yeah, they'd be the first team to have a lo- uh, defeated stage and then have a undefeated, undefeated stage yeah. in the same That's season. Right. I feel like we should start. I feel like we should start flaming this team because I'm I'm about to like in probably two days I'm gonna be hopping on Boston Bunker. Um, the Boston Bunker Boys, and I gotta start coming up with some jokes right now. All I got is like probably two or three Robert Kraft jokes, and maybe a joke about mistakes, and that's about it. No mistakes, <laughs> my boy. Oh god! Oh. I remember I was Boston always trying to come up with mistakes. Like, yeah, yeah. You can make so many jokes with mistakes just because of his name. Like it was a mistake to drop him. Boston's now making their own mistakes. You can oh, do anything please. with that name. You can do anything with that name. Oh please! If Russians didn't drink so much, you would have never been a mistake. Uh, <laughs> see, another one. Another one. <laughs> another. Not one. too too dark. Oh, all right. <laughs> but, yeah. After yeah, there's that, not much to comment about that game. Washington yeah. pretty much d- just rolled pretty well. Yeah. After that was Fuel versus Gnadiators. On of Vanyan's Discord was rooting for Gnadiators for once just because it helped us with plans. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a disappointing reverse sweep. Not only did they just give up after the second half, they just fucking fell on the floor. Excuse my language. You're probably going to have to censor that one. Yeah. But, uh, but it, was, it was just so surprising. I was watching like the first half of this game. And I'm thinking, you know what? Dallas might actually got their footing back. And then literally they just go down like a, a hill. They just keep running and running until they finally stumble and just go over, roll over and over and over until they finally lie, lie in just a pile of a, of a dump. Because this team has just not only disappointed most Fuel fans after having a stellar pretty start to the season and had midway was looking pretty good. But the fact that they just completely just go, like, the fact that they completely just go downhill after after the stellar performance they had in midseason, I, I I gotta say, if I was a Dallas Fuel fan, I would be punching a wall right now. Oh, I, I like. I'm pretty sure some have already done that. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> they're really living up to the feels bad, man. Look, I get <laughs> angry at my team, but until like a team does really well and then just completely falls off the face of the earth, that's the moment I start to go berserk. But like, for the most part, I've always been kind of you know just sarcastically happy. 
uh, whenever we lose a game. That's kind of like my mana or my mantra. I feel bad for Fio because like this is like this, it's really good for Valiant that they lose, but like they're another team that's in contention for play-ins and just like nah, not anymore. They're too many losses are piling up for them. It's just happy you're not from Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But another map five out of the way. Uh, we got Shock versus Dragons. Shock taking a three to one, which yeah, is so good for Vanin because slight chance that Dragons drop. But at the same time, I like Dragons. Oh, I'm another Look, sad Bongo Cat moment. Yeah. Look, if you're a Shanghai Dragons fan, guess what, guys? The honeymoon is over. Look, yeah. I, as much as you want to say that, yeah, you know, we're the best team ever. We beat the number one, two, number three seed, number two seed, and the number one seed all in the same playoff bracket. Yeah, that's cool. That's amazing. But what do you got after that? Because I understand that, granted, you were able to defeat them, but do you think you can defeat them every single game? Nah, dude. San Francisco reads what you did to, to defeat them, and they're going to completely throw that the rule book right back at you. The playbook is right in their court after that loss. That's why I've seen throughout like the Overwatch League, whenever a team... Uh, especially with the Shanghai Dragons versus uh, San Francisco Shock. And whenever a team uh, loses a match to another team, they immediately just start going heavy research, heavy um, – uh, they, they just go back to each replay, go back to the VODs and really understand what went wrong. And if they do back-to-back games like what the San Francisco Shock did with the Shanghai Dragons for stage, I think, two, for stage two, you saw that the Shanghai Dragons came out as a completely different team after they got 4 0 by the San Francisco Shock. And then after that, they they handed them their first map loss of the stage. Uh, and despite the fact they lost that game, they definitely did their research. They definitely worked their asses off to, to have a chance against the San Francisco Shock. And after the San Francisco Shock lost to the Shanghai Dragons in stage three, it's very obvious that they had the rule book in their fa- and they had the playbook in their hands. So it also it uh, also helps that this meta is completely different because just dragons aren't looking as good in this meta as they were looking in the NAS meta. Just I I don't know why it's it's so different for them because uh, I, I was it, I think it's just the fact that Roar and Decay aren't on the roster because I remember like when I was looking at uh, the Kanji Panthera roster before they became the Shanghai Dragons they were looking extremely good they beat Team Runaway in the in the regular season barely lost to them in the finals but you, despite the fact that it was still like the goats meta and whatnot they still were running different compositions they were running. Compositions that are similar to this current stage uh, that's in the current meta. So um, I do think it's the fact that maybe they don't have the complete roster as they did before. Blue Haas uh, has been kind of throwing out strategies here and there. Um, despite that, the team isn't really looking as good as they did in Korean contenders, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like, like dragons do good some maps. They don't do good others. Like They really haven't figured out this meta yet. Um it also makes you think, like, if they do make play-ins, they probably aren't going to make it anywhere else. Like, they're just going to make it into play-ins and immediately lose, just with how they've been playing and how the other teams that are making it into play-ins aren't playing. Yeah. So they're going to pull, like, an NYXL and a Valiant, am I right? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then, yeah. And then uh, after that, we have Spark versus New York XL. And that one was another map five this weekend. Map fives. I think this is the week with most map fives, if I remember correctly. Saturday was, was Saturday the only day without a map five. Yep. That, oh, nope. I didn't mean to go back. I <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Saturday there were no map fives. Yeah, but, but yeah, uh, we got the map five. Uh, New York Excel taking it from Spark. 
it is like the spark not want playoffs did he just want to go to play-ins no i as much as you want to put the spark in a certain position where like hey you know what they faltered here they they have only won one game this entire stage i mean yeah i i understand the spark have definitely had some major fallouts uh, especially this stage, and not to mention the fact Crystal drama. Oh my god, that, oh, that yeah. drama I don't is even, really. I don't even know if like Crystal not playing is that big of an issue for them, just because with all the like issues they went on with him during the rest of the stage, you think being without him would be an improvement? It's like, like he wasn't there at one point, like at all, so they wouldn't w- couldn't even run him. Um, him wanting to change, uh, his role and like all that stuff, like so like. You think being without him would be a be- a good thing for them? Well, here here's my opinion for the Hanjo Spark. The Hanjo Spark were built as a goats team, I think, in my opinion. You look at teams like Washington Justice and also the Florida Mayhem, in, in certain instances before uh, the season started. You look at these teams and you really question yourself, like, why are they running this? They look more like a two 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 rollock team than they do as as a goats team. And, and that's, that's probably what that's it was. That's also Hung- because some teams thought that goats wasn't gonna nast even into. Uh, Stage one, which is a big exactly. like whoopsie for a lot of teams who went straight into two two two, not realizing exactly. that there's no way that patch is gonna come out in time. Exactly my point. And that's that's exactly what you look at teams like Hanjo. Hanjo was built for goats. You look at IDK, you look at Gooshway, and you see these players like they perform really well under the rules of uh Winston, Ryan Hart, uh and Lucio are are the are the heroes for IDK, especially for Lucio. And you, you kind of wonder, um, was this team prepared when the, if there was going to be a meta shift? And maybe the coaches really were gambling a whole lot on the uh, GOATS meta being lasting the entire season, which is not really a bad gamble, to be 100% honest with you. This meta has been around for almost an entire year. You expect the developers to suddenly change the game like that. And unfortunately, they can't react fast enough when the developers do change the game like that. So, and by the sounds it, of it, they actually knew well into stage three that they were going to go into two to two like they weren't going to release a public need but the teams at nice knew so you think they would have made like a last minute pickup to help them work it out but, i don't know if yeah. that would be possible i feel like that's not enough time to do things like you say like oh yeah well guess what guys next week we're going to be completely switching to two 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 roll lock okay let's see if i can actually pick up a player get well, the they, they, they get knew, him transferred they, they over knew, no they knew more than a week in advance they probably knew from the start of the stage because ever since like when fisher left he basically confirmed yeah it's going to two to two they knew well in advance they knew at least a stage in advance and they could have picked somebody up from contenders because they wouldn't have that issue of having to buy out a contract and what that's Korean how they is available in NA contenders because if you want to say oh let's get a korean from korean contenders you know how long it took for us to get rain like I, yeah. no, they don't there, to, I thought they don't have to necessarily go from from somebody from there. They just what, needed a player. What player? Like what role do you think would uh, suit them? Uh, they could. They could have. What they could have done. Let's see. Instead of having to worry about the visa issues, they could have looked into doing uh, one person from NA and having them learn Korean. Because they, they do have Gushui, who is Chinese, who would have had to learn Korean to talk to the rest of the team. So they would have all already known how to work with that. That's still so that way, it's, like, it's, still, it's still something they could have done and they could have thought of doing instead of 
trying to make the team work. They could have at least tried something. I mean, I can't really say exactly how the process works, but what I can safely say, they didn't have enough time to pick up a Korean from Korean contenders, and there's no way they would have enough time to teach a, a native English speaker to, to speak Korean in less than a week. Like, that's that's just... They're, they would have had more than a week, honestly, because, like I said, they knew from the start of... Okay, I don't would- care... I don't care if it's two, three, or four, or five weeks. If he doesn't have a minimum of at least a year, then he's not learning Korean. Like, that's oh, just you don't the need, facts. You don't need to learn the entire language. You just need to learn Khan outs. That's I mean, you need to learn. L- let's not forget All-Star Game last year that Custa spoke very good Korean in his five-minute crash course <laughs> before the, the All-Star Game. <laughs> Look, I don't, no one can ever, not everyone can be a god as Custa in this instance, okay? But, but, like, yeah, I don't think Hajo could really have done anything in this situation. You know, it was a meta shift. They were built on this one meta. They knew this meta was going to be sticking around. They made a really good call on that. And you know what? They didn't expect Blizzard to come to throw a wrench in their entire process and force the 2 to roll lock. So, they had to work with what they got. This is what they got. No, they hadn't been doing too well. They lost to Guangzhou Charge. They lost to Atlanta Rain. Lost to New York. It's not that big of a deal losing in New York. I think a lot of teams were kind of expecting this team to be a lot better than Hanjo. But they yeah. were able to beat the Chengdu Hunters. They still have the ability to win. They just need to know what lineups need to work that work well within the 2-2 Warlock. And they also have to go against well worse teams. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Guangzhou just beat New York. They're up 3-0. Hey. <laughs> going into map four now <laughs> okay so it's been a wild week yeah, again just... <laughs> pickums yeah. have been pretty rough on people this week again. oh boy i i think i went with my heart and chose guangzhou for that one so let's hope i get points for pickums okay mm-hmm. okay let's Gotta see get those um, tokens you did pick guangzhou <laughs> we also have like a in-server pickums for one of our one of our friend groups, like there's a f- there's also a few teams that do in server pickums, like like charge themselves do a uh, pickums thing. But I haven't like participated since stage one because of the way they do it. I always forget to knock in my answers, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't knock in like halfway through or anything. Oh yeah, uh, that's it for Friday. Another another long day. I feel so bad for Map Fives during the week. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the week the weekday games when they get map fives, even just one, it just makes the night go so much longer. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, then we got Saturday, the one day that there wasn't a map five. You got Outnaws versus Spitfire. Ooh, <sighs> Spitfire taking a three to one. Rip uh, Outnaws. Yeah, to to be expected in my honest yeah, opinion. Yeah, but like um. Was it with this game or the last game that they were officially eliminated from? The being... the last game. The, the game they, yeah, the game uh, Houston played today eliminated them. So we're, okay. there's officially four teams eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, and then after that, we got Dynasty versus Defiant. Defiant managing to get a uh, a tie. And I'm like cursing them because Pickums, you're messing up my scores. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I actually gotta them. ask you. I gotta ask you guys this: with the recent rule change on the two CP maps, do you think that it's beneficial to the league that there will be more ties? Because obviously, the change has made made a major effect for the uh, defense to have a much higher advantage. Uh, especially putting it, you see the quite a couple of ties coming in from not just the Toronto Defiant game, uh, but also another Soul Dynasty game, and also the Los Angeles Valiant versus the Florida Mayhem. Nick, I think it's like. 
despite the it looks like there might be more draws i feel like it's beneficial because you don't have that just snowball effect that leaves the defense with absolutely no chance of winning like at least now they can put up a fight and that's what's important being able to actually fight because with the mm. old the old way like so much time was given and then like you start to wait for response at a normal time just it, it became so hard to defend the, the the last point if they had such a, if they had a ult advantage and it's one of the yeah. things like it's it just it's not it's not fun to play it's not fun to watch i think players would rather draw than lose to a snowball yeah, and besides that, the, the assault maps were always dragging on a lot longer than they should have because of how much snowball potential it had. So, like, even now, like, I'll joke, you know, saying a, a 12, you know, a game, it's about to go 12 CP, but that's really difficult for that to occur now because of the change in the time bank. So I think it, it actually works beneficially as well as far, like, a scheduling standpoint, <laughs> especially because we're not having these really long, drawn-out assault maps now anymore. I don't know. Horizon Lunar Colony still looks like that 12 CP kind of map, if, you're, if you know what I'm saying. It, it's also Horizon, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the, the map I've gotten the longest game on that I've actually played. It went to, like, six points. Mm-hmm. Not fun, not fun. But it's Horizon. It's Horizon. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then the next one is the Vanyard game, which we'll talk more in depth later. Uh, then Hunters versus Spark. Spark taking it. 3-1. I feel like that's very expected just with how the hunters have been playing. Just it's it's this has been such a weird stage. I haven't really been watching much from the Chengdu Hunters. I do know that a lot of the players are thinking about retiring at the end of the season. Uh, so I wanna... Was that from the the thing we talked about last week on yours? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the... I looked that up. That was uh the way it was translated sounds more it's not that they wanted to retire. It's right. that they were like so tired and couldn't go home. Right. Which right. is what that thought of retirement was. But it's like with the idea with the with the promise of being able to be home next uh next season with like being the geolocation stuff coming in, it's those probably they're probably not gonna retire. So, like you said, like they're they're uh, very homesick. They have like a huge um, uh, yeah. uh, level of fatigue. So I think that's probably also a major factor when it comes to these upcoming matches for Chengdu. Yeah, because uh, oh, with, yeah. with like the Chinese players, they don't have the same visa process as someone from like from the Korean players because they can just like pretty pretty much pop home and come back whenever they want, which is. Right. Which isn't the case with the Chinese, because as as you could hear when like with the crystal situation, you actually have to apply for a visa coming in like every time. You like, and you ha- it has to be a specific visa. So if you're not careful or you do it intentionally, like crystal, and come in with the wrong visa, you cannot participate in the league. You have to go back to China and then come back in with the right visa. Now you can't just like apply for a visa here in the U.S. and have it just changed. No, you have to enter the country with the right visa. Yep. Yeah, tensions with the U.S. and China are much higher than the tensions with between the U.S. and Korea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, it seems like from from the like, because that was the like word for word translation thing. Like it was a the the one that you read was the summarized version. This was like yeah. his entire statement that I read. It, that because uh, people were like commenting or not without realizing that there was more to what he was saying, but yeah, what, right. like it sounds more so that they're homesick, that they're exhausted from being here for so long, that 
they are basically shut-ins at this point because they just they don't they can't really go out in LA without having somebody there to translate for them. Like those specific areas, they could probably go in like Chinatown, and mm. like be able to be there and have maybe some people who they can talk to, but a lot of getting around would still require having knowledge in English. Mm. So it's it's like it's one of those things that they like it, and they also the food they they comment on the food like every team has mentioned food because the food in every culture is so different and like 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 I said like there's not every place is gonna have food that they're used to yeah mm. and like it's it's understandable like anytime I've gone somewhere new and I'm just like why is there only fast food here I like fast food. But sometimes I need I need, so sometimes I need a nice burrito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like it's one it's one of those things that uh, it's a, it sucks because teams that have to stay here for such a long time away from home they do get homesick they get tired they the they want they want to go home, and that's probably where all the talk of retiring came from. Yeah, which is why yeah, they so- commented on wanting to retire. Yeah, sometimes I kind of forget a lot of these players. Like, more, I think more than half the league is eighteen. Is yeah, yes. that's like the age that they're at. And I'm thinking to myself, well, hey, I kind of get homesick quite a bit while I'm at college, and I'm 21. So, <laughs> tells you really, uh, tells you really what their mindset is at the time. Yeah, and all of them just this is their first time away from home, because the like 18 to 20 seems to be just about what the majority of ads the high like the highest you go is uh cool Matt at 30 but he's the outlier who you should not count into your statistics mm-hmm. he's he's that one guy who eats uh, uh a thousand flies which is why statistically everybody eats half a fly you know that <laughs> thing. i think like he is actually like his age is the reason why their their age average is like completely thrown out of oh yeah yeah team. Wait, yeah like uh charge was the youngest team for a while, so, and they for a while, but now they have Fraggy, and uh, so that, so that Viking it up really increased bit. their age limit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they, the uh, Nero used to be seventeen too. He was one of the one of the teams right, that had right. an underage player. Yeah, and then they were, and I think it was the Outnaws. That's the oldest, even and like and Dynasty was up there too because they have Ryu J Hong, who's uh, twenty five, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, remember. that's uh that was Saturday. Uh, Spark taking it. Poor hunters, uh, but good for us. <sighs> yeah, it, it helped out Valiant, so that's yeah. what matters for us as far as that game was concerned. Yeah, you guys stop saying poor hunters. Just say, oh my, thank you, thank you so much, Hanjo, for being the Chengdu hunters. Valiant number one. I'm surprised. You see, you <laughs> see what happened? What happened is Spark decided that they wanted to see their wife in plans, so that's why they have been losing, but decided to beat hunters. They just want to see the wife again. Yeah. That's it. Who's their wife? Banyan's the wife. Banyan's their wife? Banyan's oh, so I guess I'm guessing, I'm guessing the Guangzhou charged their abusive brother. Oh, or something wait, like that. wait, wait. <laughs> do you not? You guys, you don't know the story, do you? No, I don't. Okay, so this is always fun because like, people always forget, so I have to explain it. Um, at the start of the season, you know how it starts on Valentine's Day. Right. So... Uh, Spark was putting out like who do you want to see more uh, the Valentine's ga- game which will be Spark's first game or the second game they have that week which is against Valiant on the Saturday that would be Valiant's first game and there's just like those lots of comments between them like how they want to see each other and like they're gonna have like the Valentine's Day together or something it's just like it becomes very cutesy between Valiant's Twitter and Spark's Twitter 
Uh, so Spark comes out with these match graphics that they have, the, the, the really nice illustrations. Out comes the versus Valiant one. Um, where they'll win NOS one. If they had NOS, it would have been Valiant rejecting the Spark, but the Spark won. So it was Valiant marrying the Spark. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And that's that's how the whole thing of it's the wife came from. They're like they're they're literally married to each other now. So every time they go up against each other, they're like, we don't want to fight you, but we want to see you again, like sort of things. Like, oh, we have another date coming up. Mm. It's like it's it's so it's so cute. So that's is what happened. Is it the Hanjo Spark that has that graphic design for each game, or is that the Shanghai Dragons? It's it's uh, uh, Spark was the one that started it all, and now yes. like it, most teams have come up with some way of doing it, having well, some kind of illustration. Well, mostly Southeast Asian, mostly the Southeast Asian teams. Because yeah. like Valiant also has uh, the illustrative match graphics, uh, and that's, that's just how it is. And it's like it's really really cool that like the Spark started it off, and like one of the things that Spark, that Spark did. His spark. <laughs> you can make puns out of it. Out of it. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah, so that's the story of how Valiant and Spark are married now. It's like it's such a funny thing. Oh, it's so it's so cute. Uh, and a score update. Four uh, O Guangzhou over Four-oh. New York. Ooh. <laughs> Game just Ooh. ended. Didn't even, uh, wow. New York didn't even get uh, point A on junk. Uh, Route 66. Oh, damn. Yeah, the New York Excelsior just went from the Yankees to the Mets. And I think it's a little bit more appropriate due to the fact that their owner is a Mets owner. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I know that. I don't know sports. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess we can talk about Sunday since NAS game finally ended, which, hap- which has been happening a lot now that they do Sunday games. We just end up having to like talk about the NAS match as it's going on. Yeah. And uh, uh, today's games, for the most part, went pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were all four O's. It's one map five. Damn. Yeah. Somehow, somehow the Houston Outlaws. I, I love how Sideshow described the Houston Outlaws on one of his podcasts. He said that they're like a jazz musician or aspiring jazz musician. Like sometimes they come up in the open mic night and they just completely miss the key. But when they finally get that one key, they like say, "Hey, you know, I could do all, all this all the way." And then finally, when they show up on stage, they completely screw it up like every single time. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I think the Houston Outlaws are a very weird team. Like yeah. one moment you can see, okay, they're doing bad because of financial issues. Oh, wait a minute, they did really good this stage, and now they're doing bad because of something that's happening behind the scenes. It's literally a coin flip with this team uh, yeah. every single game. Like we had two coin flips, like because we had Fusion, the first game, Fusion versus Titans, and Fusion's like it's a coin flip team such a coin flip team and here oh, it's yeah. what they lost for all of our things like well starting the off the day <laughs> with a four with, with the team at their caliber i think yeah no that's an easy four oh granted yeah you philadelphia has their moments of glory but i can't say that they're a team that can compete with the best it, it's very strange you sometimes see them play against some above average teams really well and then finally you go like to the bottom of the pack and somehow you see a game five coming out of nowhere against the mayhem what are the odds? Yeah, <laughs> it's always it's always with the worst team, but I think it's because like the the team things are gonna lose anyway, so they throw out anything. So probably, mm-hmm. but then like after that is the one map five day to like break up four o. Like we could have had four Overwatch. We could have mm-hmm. had that. Come on, Justice. We could have, yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, Altnos put up a fight, uh, taking it to map five against the Justice. Justice still winning, so they might get that seven win streak. They might do it. They might do it. They might, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're after close that, to it. after that was Shock versus Fuel. Another Fuel's bad man for O. Ah, so close to fall Overwatch. Oh my god. Yeah, the the sh- the shock Dallas game was just an absolute roll. There, there's yeah. not much to say about that one. It's yeah. funny because my my friend's Australian and he roots for the charge. So he's like, hey, if uh, shock finishes up quickly enough, I'll be able to catch this before my next class or something like that. And then we see the full O and like, hey, you got what you wanted. Yeah. Now, now th- I think that game just officially eliminated the Dallas Fuel as well. Uh, I've... uh, no, they no, they're not no. the only what? yeah. They are still mathematically in it. There are only four teams currently eliminated. Oh, wait. That's right. They still have three games left. Sorry. I was on the mindset they had two left. No, no yeah. yeah no, they still they got three, three left. Yeah. yeah the, the only teams three. eliminated right now are Outlaws. Are... Outlaws were eliminated today. Uh, okay. Defiant, Justice, and Mayhem. Boston. Were, Boston's on the. Boston's well. about to be eliminated because Boston's at 8, eight and 16. They, so if yeah. they lose one more game, they are eliminated. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then after yeah. that is Charge, which we just said, when to full overwatch like oh god this this is so close to being the day we can have all photos but yeah i mean i I was actually at the arena uh last season i don't remember i think it was stage three uh where all the games were all map fives (laughs) (laughs) so we've had we've had those days already but yeah i don't think the leagues had a day where every game was 4-0 they had that during the first season because it was only three matches. It was not okay. full and like it is this one. So you can right. have four four O's. <sighs> That's hard to say too. Actually Nego Man, say that say that four times fast. Say, say what? Wait, four O, four O, four O? Or something? No, like that? four four O's. 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 Now say that fast. You see? You see? Well, hey, it's like saying like my name over again. Lego man. Lego man. Lego man. It's like there's a certain speed you just can't say a word. Yeah. No, but four four O's. It's 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 hard. Oh yeah. That was that was a game today. Ooh. Yeah. But charge pretty much stomped New York completely. They. Almost got the full hold on Anubis. I think they gave two ticks on point A. Uh, they full held them on Blizzard World and then essentially full held them on Route 66 since New York didn't even get point A. Uh, the only map they really put a fight up on was Li Zhang. That's because it went 2-1 in favor of charge. But <laughs> uh, mm. I th- is New York sandbagging for real or... It's just because like, <laughs> uh, the performances they've been putting up, it's just uh, Monkes. Yeah, it's, it's been really like them, th- think. they went from like the number one seat to now like a run of the mill average team. Maybe not run of the mill average, but a little bit higher than average at this point. Their current performance, while granted, some moments have really proven themselves to be wow, this team's amazing. Uh, to moments where you just go, what the hell are you doing, guys? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, this this team was heavily reliant on goats at the start of the season, and you know they had some major stumbles here and there, um, but. Overall, uh, I think now with the teams finally showing that, like, hey, some of these teams were built to be 2-2-2 Roloch, this team, however, is trying to be a built to be all around. Or, like, whatever meta suits them, they can adapt and adjust to it. 
now I think they've reached a, kind of like a crossroads where like now they're going back to an old meta, but the other teams have actually prepared for this meta. So now it's kind of like being a run, uh, being an all all around team has kind of made brought them to be their downfall, uh, especially coming at the end of the season. And looking at the their stage performances, especially in the playoffs, it doesn't look like this team is really going to make that far past uh, the general playoffs. Uh, while they do have the division leader position, while they are going to get the second seed, um, in, in the playoffs, it looks like they might just lose the first game, possibly to a, a play-in team. Well, well, of course, the first game is going to be against a play-in team, but it looks like yeah. they will lose to like a game, maybe to even a play-in team coming right off the right, right off the bat. So. I guess what, that's um, why I'm really glad about the play-ins thing because now you have teams that maybe have done a bit better at the tail end still getting a chance to get in when before they probably would have had like no chance. So this is like just one of those things that kind of show that they're understanding the progression of the meta change. Mm-hmm. So now you, know, now you won't have that boring like teams that were doing really, really good at the beginning but now they don't understand the meta. So like now any game they play is like super boring to watch being the like play off games like you we won't have that we don't have that chance anymore mm-hmm. uh we can now move on to what this is really about mayhem versus vaniant mm-hmm. this is uh and, like, this is fresh in my mind because like i said i couldn't watch it live because of lcs so i rewatched it today and i'm just like oh my god i know what this score is but i'm still like ah. mm-hmm. it was it was on a tightrope at that at that moment what yeah. I'm going to have to say about this team, what do I, what do I say about this game? Um, I could say that this game just made me proud to be a Mayhem fan. I think Despite that's what the, the facts, was saying, too. Like, the, yeah. like oh, this yeah. is the kind oh, of game yeah. you no, still it, wake it, up with Jersey for. Yeah, it, yeah it, was, it was such a good, solid game out of Mayhem. Like, for sure. <laughs> Despite like it being a loss. My one yeah, big no. takeaway from this, though, is that Mayhem doesn't know when they have won. I think they spent so much time not knowing how to win that they don't know when they have won because they've gotten to points where you think they should have won and they just like they just like stop what's the right word respecting the other team's like ability to maybe pull something off and that's that's when they that's just when all of a sudden they get three kills and you're like what and it completely flips to now valiant being in the need yeah, I, I hear, I'm not gonna pick on fate too much, but I can safely say fate was the weakest link in this game. Uh, the reason why I say this, especially like it's he definitely put up a hell of a performance, but there was like certain moments, like especially on Temple of Anubis, where you have a nanoed agilities uh, while he's dragon blading, he gets hacked, but yet fate goes for Custa. What he should have done is he should have backed off, allowed the nano blade to wear off, and then go back in for the engage there's just just little things like that yeah, i think where, where i think should've... mayhem at that point thought they had won because it was so down to like it was already it was, i've been thinking about that at Everyone that point was it was already alive. In, no but what i'm saying is it was at uh overtime and everybody had been that that could have made a difference was emp'd because genji being hacked while nanoblade is super super bad with him because one of the big things about him is his dash and his dash reset but he gets uh well like like what you're saying about fate he should have disengaged yeah he should totally should have because he went for that mercy he got the kill on the mercy but agility just had to focus him and snatch him until the emp world off and that's how he get his dash reset off of fate which nets exactly. him then kill i believe a saya player because like saya player should have just like tried to kill him while he was hacked he really should have done that because he can't reflect uh, he can't reflect 
And like, because he he didn't respect the fact that he could maybe turn it around once he's not hacked anymore. He then dies because all it took was a dash to kill him. Like I can safely say Saya didn't play as well under like McCree on Temple of Anubis. Granted, his Widowmate, I I don't know what his position was at that exact moment. Uh, I don't know if he could actually be open up to the kill because like I can't really expect a, a DPS player to say, hey, you have to get that kill. That's a necessary kill to get. But like to put him in that exact position, like does it's, he it's have the skills? Things, does he have like, you to do it? think you should kill the Genji while he's hacked? That's that's the one thing that like, you should you should probably kill him because he has such. But he's getting a good... healed. That, that's the thing. He's getting healed by the mercy. He's already nanoed. So at that point, the headshot isn't gonna kill him. Yeah. But, but they should uh, like they should like set up for that because he's ha- he's hacked. And I think I think that's where they went wrong is that they didn't respect him still being able to kill people out of the dragon blade. Because I mean, the, hack, uh, the hack negated it. It basically th- negated it. But that's why I'm saying, like, Fate should have backed off. You should have mm-hmm. respected the fact that this is the Genji is still, like, under, uh, alting with a nano on him. And despite the fact that your health bar is, like, the mass- most massive in Overwatch League, y- you still can't survive that. Like, that's just something you cannot survive. So stop going after Custa, back off, and then go for the re-engage. Like, the same thing in- happened in uh, Ineos, the, the first point, Wells. Oh. Like... Oh my god, they should have so won that. But like no, it, you you turn was... around and kill the May and then you kind of just don't do anything and three three of your players die. Two of them then and then uh like a minute later, Custa gets a boop of fate into the well, like like I they blame did... anyone who, who thought, hey, you know, we should probably go with the uh the May Reaper against Agilities, who most likely will be picking Farah, because if they did their research, and I know I did, Agilities always picks Farah. Oh items. yeah, yeah. Like that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. We we had put that they probably gonna put Shacks in because it's control, but then you're like, wait a second. There's Well. Well is such a good farm map. Of course they're gonna put Agilities in, and Agilities yeah. gonna play that Farah, which is why they managed to get it to 99 first before Mayhem even had a chance at the point. And like right when they thought Agilities is on the team, like you would immediately think, okay, we're going double sniper here. But no, that's not what they did. And that's the reason why we lost so much percentage points on that map. And that's the reason why we couldn't make the comeback is because Agilities was so fed that we couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, it's like it's, it's one of those things. Like eventually they switched to, uh, to was it the McCree it Widow. Widow? McCree Widow, right? Because yeah, I, yeah, I, I was wondering. BQB was on uh, McCree, if I remember correctly. I was wondering why they kept going with McCree. It just didn't make any sense. I think to they me. were trying to do the Fnash bang because they did manage to kill uh, the May with a Fnash bang. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think that's what they were trying to go for. But it's like they like they, if we felt like they were going to win that with like the headshot killing the May after the May orts thing. But then suddenly two kills and then they to boop into the well and just like Vanit manages to come back. Like I don't, I don't think they didn't know they hadn't won yet. I think they assumed they had won, and that's like that's my whole thing. Like this entire thing when I was watching, it really felt like Mayhem just thought they won before they had won and left themselves open to an attack. Because mm-hmm. the only one they really did well was Hollywood. And even then, oh, like they mean, had you some. You mean the gargoyle killing machine? You mean yeah, the guy, like, like grinder. It, it, it was just like, and, I, and then it's like it was pretty much, I think, purely because of gargoyle. Here's the it one was. thing I have to say about this this team, and the reason why I'm so happy about this game. Not only did one person pop up, not only did Sam pop up, but BQB popped off, Gargoyle popped off, Hogapoon popped off. 
The only and Chris had perfectly timed sound barriers. The only person I would say, you know, he had some moments, but you know, made a couple more mistakes than he should have had is probably fate in that instance. Overall, I can't say that I would have told this team to do anything different than what they did in that game. I mean, they won. I, so. I, yeah, won. <laughs> but I feel like they just played. It was actually a moment where I could safely say, you know what? There wasn't a missed grab. There wasn't a miscommunication. Yeah, sure. Maybe there's one or two miscommunications, but who doesn't have miscommunications during game? There, there wasn't a, a moment where you just go, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing this? You obviously know this is not going to work. Stop doing it over and over and over again. It was never that moment. They adapted. They, they trans, they made a, made certain calls, even though some of them were bad calls, they still had the ability to assess the situation and come up with the best counter composition in order to beat the enemy team. And that's all you could really expect from your team is the, to do the best that they possibly could. The Florida Mayhem, in my opinion, did the best they possibly could. There was no C9s. There was no Zephyr misgrabs. There was no BQB completely going off the map and trying to do his own thing when apparently he can't do that in a, in a goats composition. So, that's that's my take on it. Uh, Shadow Khan, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? Uh, I don't remember actually. <laughs> but but <laughs> like I, I mean, yeah. But I, I mean, the point you're making about the game, I like completely agree with. Uh, there were little, obviously, little miscommunications. I think from both sides. But I mean, Mayhem still looked very very good overall. And Saya yeah, player yeah. was just out, out of his goddamn mind that entire match. Hi, was it highest final nose now goes to Saya player on Junkertown? Yeah. Apparently, uh, some people did more research and they're saying that it's the most eliminations in uh, OWL history uh, in one map. Now, I'm not 100% sure if that's true, but I guess some people are like doing some, some conspiracy theory stuff and it doesn't seem to be... Uh, well, it doesn't seem to have major backing, but, you know... It's it, one of those things was... like uh, the on and not eliminations isn't as big of a deal because, like, this was a longer map. And if you do a little bit of damage against somebody who gets, like, 95% of damage goes to somebody else, you still get accounted for that elimination. Which is why sometimes people don't actually put so much thought into the anima- eliminations. They usually look at final blows and eliminations per 10 minutes. Yeah, so he had the most final yeah. blows on Junkertown, but apparently, comparing to the person having the most eliminations, which was logic, surprisingly, on Junkertown, uh, at 52% of the eliminations. Thank you, um, Mr. Logic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, no, uh, say a player hit, like, uh, what, 70% of the em- eliminations uh, for his team. So that was actually the record that was broken, but no one really keeps track of eliminations because those are like kills and assists together. So yeah, yeah it's not really. And like, uh, like one thing with Junker Town that really stood out to me was that um, when Mayhem was on their first purge, they managed to do point A very, very quickly. What they didn't do well is that Vanyan had a chance to set up for point B, and that's why it took them so long to finish B. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were talking about the whole like side player having to go to the Reaper instead because he no longer had those night nines to be able to go with the Widow, and like even when they managed to get the card rolling, because it took they took so many losses to get there, Vanyan just turned around and collapsed right back on them and just stopped that push for a while. And that's something that you didn't see on Vanyan's push is that even though it took them a long time to get through point A. Because of the because of the timing of the kills, they made sure that all of the 
Florida Mayhem, or at least the majority of them, were not in the close spawn. They were in far spawn. So, yeah. so it took them even longer to get there, and Valiant managed to have a really, really good on push, push of point B, which gave them more time than the Mayhem had. And then despite that, they get pushed into overtime, still being there, and then complete the map, which is like, oh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, the problem was that that map, we kind of all end on the second point there. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, we should not have all in there. What we should have done is probably forced a couple of alts out of you guys and then replayed it on the last point there. I think we're a lot of us were afraid of coming out of spawn and just getting completely obliterated because you had the spawn advantage. Well, actually, not the spawn advantage, but if you had more players on the payload and then we're coming out one by one, we would have been picked off. Granted, that would have been a risky move in general, but I think it would have been a much better decision overall uh yeah, i mean, like uh, a... with the time bank like that's what vanian did again uh mayhem manages to cap first uh first point but they're there to collapse on them as soon as they get to that nail bridge area of point uh point two and mm. they clean up the, the the mayhem there mayhem i i know what syphonay was going for they were going to net vanian cap point b but pick them off as they're there. That right. way that it's like, it's a four, basically a 4C9. They get the point, joke. but they like, because everybody's been killed on the point, nothing can happen now. But right. like, you have s space there who's in a mech. You really cannot de-mech and kill that person there. You're just a Widowmaker and those three people on point. Yeah, you killed two of them, but one person survived and that's all they needed. Now, Mayhem has like kind of staggered the kills the the own that like, kills out too much, so they cannot do that collapse on that like that Valiant did against the Mayhem and Valiant caps it. Uh -huh. Oh wait, no, other way around. But yeah, you get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get you. I get you. I was like, wait a second, no, it's the other way around. That that <laughs> Mayhem was they they collapse on the Mayhem before. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. You're good. You're good. Yeah, but like that that's the thing. Like they didn't they they do they didn't know how to win there by properly like stop like the response properly doing the response and i think that's because they're just yeah. so used to being wiped that they don't they didn't account for the response being a big thing on when they can come and recontest and stop them from making a push or stop them from getting too far in so that when now then they have a bigger chance of being collapsed on and all that kind of stuff I don't know. Overall, I'm really proud of my team. I, I, I can't really say that there's any major mistakes there. It wasn't like anything I could just pull my hair out and say, oh my god, why did you do that? Come on! It, it's, it's not like those moments It was a good game. It was a good game. It was all a good game. I really feel like we could have won uh, Anubis and took this to game five if uh, I think Fate repositioned himself. Other than that, um, overall, great game. Gargoyle played his, his heart out. Uh, Sam player played his heart out. BKB played his heart out. Chris Pago, amazing support lineup. I, we finally have solidified a roster, a starting lineup. This is our starting lineup. This will probably be our starting lineup for next season. Hopefully we'll be uh, picking up some players in the off season. I don't know if the Overwatch League is planning to do like a draft, maybe sometime sooner or later, but we'll have to see. Um, overall, uh, we, I'm still <laughs> expecting those wins guys. Oh, Boston, Toronto. Boston and Toronto, last two games of the season. Those are must-wins for us. If we're not going to take those wins, then I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm always going to be here. <laughs> yeah, like it's like you can tell that they have done enough strategy changes. Like, like it was, it was like they had focused agility so hard on Anubis. Like every hack was coming in on Genji. They knew mm -hmm. they had to shut him down because 
Genji is not somebody you want with all of his abilities ready. Yeah. <laughs> and like that was really good on them. Same with uh, with how they played on uh, on Hollywood. Like what was it? Ninety three percent by the end of ninety three percent hooker accuracy yeah, like, by Gargoyle. They, they had really good and they had really good strats on Joker Town too. Like even like even though Cypher had like broken that record, they still lost. Just like it, just like those little things, they still have to work on. Like learning, like response seemed to be really, really bad for them. There, mm. they just like they did not know how to work with the response correctly. I and mean, it was crazy how we were able to hold that full hold that last point. We we're just like having people like slowly coming in, gargoyle like clutching every last uh, possible kill just to give us that full hold in that first point. It was insane. Yeah, it's just, it's just how it is, and like it, it worked on some maps. It didn't work on others. They they are getting their footing. You can see they're getting their footing. It's just not one hundred percent there. Like they have right. one foot on the edge. No, how would I guess like one foot on the edge, one foot off at this point. They haven't put both feet down yet, but they're getting there. Yeah, they're getting there. <laughs> Hopefully, bare hands can pick up some uh, very interesting specialists in the off season. But so far, I think his his vision of the team has finally come to life. Uh, last you know, few games of the season, we'll see. You know, like I really hope to see Shaxx in there, just like because it would have been nice to like see all the players that were formerly Mayhem or Mayhem Academy, like going up against them. But I'm winning that he wasn't there, just so like Agenities would have had that chance to like be on the walkout, just so that they can all give Fate hugs. I mean, we crushed our one, two of our former teammates last game, so like this game we could have done it again, but you know we only had one, and unfortunately we were unable to do that. Yeah, because like it would have been nice to just like, oh yeah. Uh, Shax, McGravy, in fact, like defeat their own te- the old team, but also like, oh, Fate got hugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody was hugging Fate. I was like, oh, yeah, Fate got hugs. Hey, man, great game. I also, you get completely trashed by Diva's ultimate. God, that was such like it was it was so great to watch that because like I know that's just like this is a legit strat to just focus the main tank but it's such a different level when it's your former teammate and when it's space going up with his former partner like this is his, yeah. <laughs> his tank duo he's like the duo has been smit and he's just destroying his duo just like mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of like how there was that whole like oh dynasty and Dennis are gonna be the best teams because you got like best in korea best in and and like they had this whole rivalry thing and when they first go up against each other they just like sneak xqc and throw the diva bomb at him like they were just like mm-hmm. It was so intentional to do that. Like, it just reminded me of that. Like, just how amazing that feeling is. Sneep, diva bomb. Whoop. Yeah. And doing it twice. Doing it twice. Bye-bye. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was twice in, on Anubis. <laughs> like, it was on in, like, sportsmanship, good fun-ish type thing, I guess. Words. But, like, yeah, it was great to watch. It was, like, it was, like, BM, but not BM. Yeah. <laughs> Screw sportsmanship. Let's see all the trash talk to roll out, guys. Come on. <laughs> we are good. Th- We're good uh, Christian sports people. We do not curse. What is this? Well, I mean, we already, wow. I mean, you, you were already pretty well done last week. I don't, I don't think we need to cook it even more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, really didn't think, you didn't think that trash talking segment through, did you? <laughs> Well, hey, you know, I had a lot of ideas at the moment. I was really thinking, you know, Pretz could probably back me up. Of yeah, course, I'm about to say, Pre- Pretz not backing you up, I think, kind of, kind yeah, of like, hurt Pretz you. Pretz is like, just like, no, you guys are doing good. Great yeah, you guys. Just doing simple, yeah, no, I was thinking forward, like, you know, my team sucks, I get that. There's a lot of comebacks that they can utilize. But what if I can come up with a bunch of comebacks myself? 
and I tried my best uh, that week. No, it just did not. I just <laughs> did, did not do you enough You channeled the mayhem too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, so that good. was a fun episode to record with you guys, though. It really well, was. Luckily, luckily next week. Uh, well, no, luckily this week I got Boston Bunkers. I got a whole lot of trash talk raving for them. They're, they have, they they don't know what's coming. Both of our teams suck, so we're getting ready. <laughs> oh, you know that, that we were talking about like it's always fun to see two teams that suck go up against each other because it's going to be good it's not like a good team going up against a bad team which turns out into well, a it's like you don't expect what's gonna happen like you think no one oh, expects the spanish know. inquisition nope yes oh <laughs> uh, yeah that was a that was a game this week Ooh, we are going up in time on this one this is gonna kill me <laughs> yeah no i'm kind of surprised usually like when i'm talking about these games specifically i always try to keep each segment like around 10 minutes you got like an hour and 36 minutes just talking about the games that happened this week <laughs> yeah oh I, i'll i'll be able to edit it down i know i know how to do this i think i'm trying please don't name me on reddit <laughs> Hey, if you're willing to edit it, that's on you. I, I'm not yeah. doing anything else than that. Well, like, my brother used to edit, but he's been too busy to edit, so I started editing this season, and the worst is when I'm editing and I have a test coming up. I'm like, ah! Luckily, you're in summer right now, so yep. you got plenty of time. Uh, yep, which is a good thing this happened while I'm still on break, because now I have all the time in the world to finish this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, that's it for this, what's been going on this week. Um... We usually talk about the YouTube videos around here, but Alan, you said you only watched the Funhouse video, right? Yeah, I only watched the Funhouse so video. So I guess it's the only one we're going to talk about. It was a fun video. Aha. The reason why is because they were all, like, what former Mayhem players, I think. Fact Fiction, McGravy, and Shax. Yeah. Yeah, it was all them. Hey. Mm-hmm. Let me open it up just to have, like, what was the title for this episode again? I I forget. Fun house. Uh, it was just fun house. But okay. Didn't even do something funny. Come on, guys. <laughs> but yeah, it was <laughs> a uh, death. Something funny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like fun house usually has like really random jokes, but uh, for the most part, it was a great video. Uh, it, overall, it was kind of funny to actually watch uh, some pro players actually sort of get beat a little bit. Not really that much. It was a complete domin. It was it was complete <laughs> domination by. I mean, by I know the, you're uh, used to the mayhem, time. but uh... yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> They are former Mayhem teammates, so I can definitely say that they got kind of got used to getting beat a lot. Yeah, but it was really fun to just see them go up against them. Like, Funhouse got so destroyed. Mm-hmm. They no, got they s- did. It was, but it was super fun to watch anyway, because, like, it's, it's like, oh, no, wait, uh, Custa was in there. Yeah, Custa was in there, because he went Doomfist. I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Talk that about that's, that. Uh, and like it's just like it's fun to see them play heroes that they don't normally play and just still beat these guys. <laughs> and like they were like trying so hard not to not to die. Like they joked around that they had lost because Kusta died. And they're like, they got yeah. a kill. <laughs> and then like then the guy accidentally jumps off the map or something, which resets that kill. <laughs> yeah. So they went back to, to a score of zero. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was just a, it was a fun video on and all. It's always nice to see the deathmatch videos. Like it would have been fun to see them do like. Uh, what are the custom games they've done before? Like maybe the Frogger one. Ooh, that would have been funny. That would have actually that would have been a good one. Because like I don't think like uh, I don't know how well they know the abilities of these heroes. So trying to make it through the uh, the the, the cars dodging them, how much would have that worked? Hmm. Ah no, I didn't mean to click on the video. No. Ah, okay, I didn't have my <laughs> audio up too loud. 
Because sometimes I've like accidentally clicked on a video mid recording and it's super loud and just narrows out my ears. Right, right. <sighs> Actually, like, why well, have you on here? Of the, the series that Banyan puts out, Custom News Network, Deathmatch, uh, Gamer Snacks, and the Inside Anime Valiant, which of these are you most likely to watch? Uh, so Just I probably I, I watch Custom News Network like here and there. Because I really want to see like how a pro player likes to explain the current geopolitical process, but of course he never goes that far. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm always like in the political sciences, usually my major for uh, college. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I find it interesting sometimes uh, to watch a guy read a script that was written by his team and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really say much about that. What I actually want to ask you guys about a little bit more uh, is the upcoming rivalry weekend. It's not happening this week, but it's happening next week. Tell me, what's your rivalry like uh, between you and the Los Angeles Gladiators? Um, it's on and good fun, right? It's yeah. just fun? I mean, it's, it's Honestly, pretty heated. It's fun. But, but yeah, like, it's, well, I mean, it's fun. We trash talk each other, but we have fun. Like, the last uh, Battlefield on A, like, the end off with, like, all the Vanyan fans and all the, all the Gladiator fans, we just hugged it out. Because, like, none of us are friends. Like, just this weekend, I was hanging out with a Gladiator fan. We, See, we were, like, got LCS together. The one thing I've noticed from, like, Overwatch League is that I feel like we're... This is not, not a bad thing. Well, not necessarily, but... Uh, I do find that we do have... Like, we're too nice to each other. I mean, do it you, makes for more fun content, at least, because, like... It like, does. You can do collaborations. That's fine. But I feel like there's a certain, like, level of competition that kind of, like, just courses through your veins. And you say, I'm going to destroy you. It, it kind of like, like that. We usually have that in game like as it's happening we'll be like oh yeah we're so gonna destroy this other team but when it's over we're just like back to be friends which is something i really like because you don't you don't have that like instant animosity against people due to the teams they represent like like i said this weekend i was hanging out with a gnadius fan a boston fan and somebody who used to work for the titans see we no just, that's like, fine we, I don't, we all went to like ramen together after lcs so yeah like, no that's fine like it's cool to have friends uh, like in that in sense but Oh, he was a Hunters fan. There was another guy there, but I couldn't remember what fan he was. But I know he's a Hunters fan. How about that? Right, but but when the when the comp when the when the competition starting, you got Los Angeles versus the Los Angeles Valiant. Do you immediately like just shut off? Like, okay, there's nothing nice to go ahead and say. You're going down, scum. Let's bring it. Like, oh yeah. Is, is there, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you do? Okay, th yeah. There's definitely that. That that there's definitely some of that that goes around. No, usually <laughs> happens like during the games, like that. But yeah. like afterwards, like it's very nice to just be nice to each other. Cause like like my friend like I said like that that specific Nadia's fan was sometimes just tweet out like get wrecked Valiant or something like that and like right. like we follow each other we know what we're up to but we just like we don't care we just like we we always be shit talking each other like we actually got into like one of those uh trash talking fests with each other and like next thing you know we're just like they're watching the game together like that's just how it is. I mean, yeah, I, I, I sort of, I don't know if it's just the fact that, like, the Los Angeles community or the Valiant and the Gliders community are, like, more friendly to each other. I remember when I was at Atlanta, uh, I was, like, you know, walking around with, like, my sign and whatnot, like, for the Florida Mayhem. And then, you know, I get, like, maybe one or two Atlanta Rain fans that come up to me, like, how does it feel to be the shittiest fan from the shittiest team? It's, it's kind of like stuff like that, you know, they just, like, go ham on you as they walk out of the stadium because they just feel so amped up that they won the recent game. And, you know, I always get – I understand that. Like, I, I'm not really hurt by that. I mean, for the most part, that's how fan bases kind of should react. 
uh, after like a major victory over an enemy team, you want to kind of like crush them. You kind of want them to belittle them in some instances. But that's I guess between two complete strangers, especially like with the fan base that are currently at the stadium itself. It's very yeah, small, always, so you can we always see that, each other. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You see each other. You guys like are literally friends with each other. But when geolocation kicks in, that's when like that's probably when more of the trash talking is gonna come up because like you can't like like a bunch of my friends like we recently realized that we all kind of live near each other. We just like one brain cell it and all go to the arena by ourselves without realizing we all kind of live in the same direction. Like mm-hmm. I literally like my my train line stops right by my friend's house. Like, two of my friends live near the train line I take. And right. we're just, like, we just one brain cell. Like, oh, wait. So we all live near each other. Right. We, we, we see each other. So we're not going to have that, like, we're going to beat each other up rivalry, which is something I, something I do like about Overwatch. Like, I understand what you're talking about, like, the whole, like, energy, the, uh, the trash talking, all that stuff. But we don't have that issue of parades coming out and destroying cars that we have in other sports. Okay, first off, let's not talk about <laughs> Vancouver Canucks and their idiocy in the, <laughs> like, after they lost the Stanley Cup. Okay, granted, they had some pretty good images. I think that couple making out in front of those uh, riot police was very entertaining to watch. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but other than that, like, th- that's just straight-up degeneracy. I understand, like, you got your Boston versus New York fans, and that, that they're straight-up degenerates. Uh, you even see some hockey games where you got, like, Boston Bruins uh, fans have to be held back by security guards behind the glass because they're just that, like, idiotic. I grant, I, I know that there's, there's a huge difference between degeneracy and, like, just having plain fun. But I do feel like in the Overwatch League, at least since localization hasn't started yet, I do feel like people are kind of... Like, you know, playfully saying, oh, yeah, we, we don't care who wins. We all just want to have fun. And that's kind of the mindset that you kind of shouldn't have when you're when you're starting, especially an esports league. I mean, uh, like, with an esports league, we usually get to the mindset of like we want this team to lose by the end of it because we realize we need them to lose to get in. <laughs> to play in. <laughs> right. Because like, right. like, it, like, it has its good and bad things. I personally like it just because like I don't have to worry about getting beaten up or anything because of my choice in teams. And, like, I know, like, my boyfriend, like, so I'm Mexican. My boyfriend is not. My boyfriend always was against Team Mexico because when Mexico won, I, like, I think it was, like, a FIFA, like, one of the games or something. I don't know. Remember what it was. They, like, had such a parade that he could not get into work because he basically could not leave his house. And, like, so he always was against Team Mexico. And it's just, it's just one of those things that's, like, I don't want... Like, if for any reason, like, esports becomes so mainstream that we get that level of popularity, I don't want it to get to the point where, like, people will hate you specifically because your team's parade stopped you from doing something in a day. Like, my my dad commented on how once he couldn't get to work because the Celtics won or something. And, like, you you get those nipped cars or burning cars or whatever and stuff like that happening people ripping shirts off of each other because they're wearing the like enemy team shirts like i don't want it to get to that level i I think i I I, prefer it being nice than getting to that level i I don't think we'll ever get to that level in my opinion i don't think that's going to happen especially with esports especially with you know we're all kind of nerds here so i I highly doubt upper body strength is our forte oh you would see uh, some of the people who go to the arena yeah. We yeah. actually, yeah, there's actually like some teams have personal trainers too. They're probably taking better care of themselves than I am right now. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, but but the thing is, especially when you're looking at um, 
especially when you're looking at uh, the league in itself, you always want to see those loyal fans, you know, those fans that will be there until the very end that will always be cheering for the team no matter what. And uh, I do feel like if there's like a mindset like, oh, we don't care who wins, you know, it's it's all just happy and fun and games. I feel like that mindset might actually ruin the league in itself. Maybe that's just me, but, you know. Uh, like, I, think, I think it's good right now just because you can have so many friends. Just you right, don't have right. to, you don't have to worry about like it's small it's small enough to be like you know we're all, we're all friends here because it's all in one location but when geolocation but not, not in, even that oh. like when it comes to like the Discord stuff like everything's online so you could be friends with somebody from Florida like I'm friends with somebody from Florida she used to root for the Mayhem but like Mayhem's been like is is that yeah. Bubble Quartz yeah <laughs> yeah I knew it I knew it yeah the story she tells me about how much they screwed her over. Oh yeah, we did a whole interview on that. To tell you the truth, it was uh. It oh, was you should you should have having to go through it live and like seeing how much distress goes through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, so but she, she still came. She still came to the Atlanta homestead with a Miami Vi- with a Florida Bayham Vice jersey. So yeah, she like she cares a lot about the team, but like at this point, she's just like she's out of it. She just. And, like, it's the thing, like, I can be friends with her, and she can root for Valiant, and sometimes I root for Mayhem for her sake. And, like, this, this is how it is. Like, I don't, I don't want it to get to the point where you don't want to be friends with people because of the team they root for. Because I see that happen. It's like, I was, like uh, I was on the train home, and it was a, was it uh, Rams versus the green team? I don't know football. Green team? It was oh, like, it was uh, like, Eagles? No, no, it was a, it was a California green team. Um, oh, California green team. Wait, no. Uh, I want to say they're Oakland. green. No, I, I think that's the uh, L.A. Chargers. Is that what Might they have are? been Chargers? I don't know. I don't know that kind of stuff. There's, there's Oakland Raiders. There's the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. I just, I, the train to L.A. was full of them, and the train back was, because I ended up getting on the train around the time that the that's game was getting out. And, like, I was good. sitting across from them. And they were, like, talking about the game and stuff. And they just, like, included me in the conversation at one point. Because that, that's just what happens on the train. It's, like, you just uh-huh. end up talking to people, though. And right. I was, like, oh, well, I'm the, I don't do football. But my, my friend's uh, uh, a Rams fan. And, like, immediately, like, oh, no. It's a bad team to root for. And it's just, like, one of those things, like. It's got to be 49ers. I, oh, I is it 49ers? 49ers. For, probably 49ers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know sports. I don't know sports. They're, they're in the same. Di- they're in the same division, so it makes the most sense. I think. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it's them then. Okay. Because the, the only stuff I know about sports is through my boyfriend, because he's a sports guy, and I'm not. Right. <laughs> and also, right. I, I root for the Angels, I guess, because that's just what my family's always done, which sucks, because my boyfriend's a Dodgers fan. He says we're only yeah. allowed to see Angels game if they play at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That rivalry runs deep, I believe. Yeah. Well, <sighs> yeah, it's like it's one of those things. That I would prefer I prefer friendly rivalries than you smack talk so much that it gets to the point you don't know if you like hate this person or not. Yeah, there there's a definite uh, line between degeneracy, you know, just playful banter. Um, I'm okay with some people like saying I'm a, I'm a worthless uh, sack of potatoes. I'll I'll start going with the clean version on this, guys. Don't worry. Uh, uh, to my face, and you know that's fine. You know that's fair. That's like the heat of the competition. Like you love that team so much that you will trash talk me and try to belittle me. But you know what? I'm gonna stand up tall. I'm gonna like stand tall. And if my team wins, I'm gonna start belittling you when you start walking out of the stadium. I I mean, there's there's like a sense of. 
pride, especially with with geolocated teams. There's a sense of I'm from this state, I'm from this city, I'm from this town, and my team wins, so I'm going to represent where I'm truly from. And I think that's what geolocation is definitely going to bring out in, the, in most of these fans, is that this is where I'm from. I'm going to defend it, I'm going to protect it with all my heart. And that's, that's what I think uh, a lot of these fan bases are going to start turning into uh, when geolocation kicks in. Like, not, I know a lot of people are fans purely because that's the team from the area, uh, yeah. Exhibit A. <laughs> We got uh-huh. him right here. And B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and C. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll have to see once like your location kicks in. I just don't want it to get too crazy because I've, I've seen the way some people act and just how they name, like, like they'll go onto the accounts, like the Twitter accounts and just like name the teams in a way that really doesn't make sense. And I'm just like, why do you put so much effort into f- naming a Twitter account. Oh my god, the funniest, I mean, the funniest yeah. thing is when they were like, oh, Vanyan, you should stop making so many videos on YouTube and focus on your, on, on your, play, on your play style because like, you're doing so bad. Like, you need to stop with these videos. Like, new videos would come out and they would name the video bad, just being like, oh, why are you making videos? Why aren't you practicing? I'm like, uh, do these people not realize that to make these videos, they have to apply for time off? Like, they, the content staff have to ask the general manager if they can use a player for the video. They do not give up playtime to make videos. And I'm just like, right. what are you guys doing? What, what is the point of this? Yeah, you even see it for the Florida Mayhem camp. I remember before I used to blame bare hands for a lot of things for the roster because like, I'm thinking this is the roster that you selected from the start of the season. And then later when you finally revealed, hey, I had no control over this team until recently. Wow! So apparently it was Ben Spoon's fault the entire time. <laughs> it's it's like all that realization and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of stuff that's behind the dark or behind the scenes that, quite frankly, not a whole lot of fans know about. So it's like also a steadily release of information that is important, and at the same time not going to be too revealing to maybe the other teams and, and may affect your performance later on down the road. So um, yeah, it's important to be to keep your information secretive. But like if stuff like hey. Bare hands hasn't really controlled the roster for this entire season. I feel like that's important information for people to know. So yeah, but like um, I think that like I feel like either way, people would have named them anyway, found some way to do it, and it's it's one of those things like what's the point of flaming them? I mean, we're always gonna flame like, something. Yeah, like fans will always find a scapegoat. That's just that's just it, our it nature. Does. It's like the funniest thing is when they choose a scapegoat that if you like do like one click on any of the accounts might be like refuted. In any way, like, oh, this person sucks. Oh, my God. They're the reason they're losing. But, like, you click on the stats page and you see that, like, they have, like, one of the best kill-death ratios or whatever. And it turns out, like, the support's the one that's dying all the time instead. Like, it's always, it's always funny when they, like, scapegoat the wrong thing. See, in my mindset, the reason why I would always, like, scapegoat some, some other team is because I kind of want someone to tell me, hey, you're wrong. That's not what happened. Oh, really? Tell us more. It's like baiting go, in more information from the tell me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not just that, but it's like it's also just baiting in more information. Like if I make this accusation, they're going to have to refute it. And then if they refute it, that tells me what the hell is going on. I'm like, oh, sweet. So that means I can tell that to the rest of the fan base. What's going on? It's, it's like that mindset where you're just trying to say, hey, we need some answers. We need we know what's going on. And if we don't get those answers, we're start we're gonna start spewing out information that we think is true. And then as that happens, it turns out that information is false. And then we go through this circle of 
of what is true, what is false, what can we believe, what's a conspiracy theory, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously and that's the conspiracy the... theory is that they've all been replaced by bees in a trench coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that seems to make the most sense. <laughs> like it's, it's one of the things that, like, there is an amount of information that we just aren't allowed to know. Like, we really don't need that information. But, mm-hmm. but some fans are so, like... They feel so entitled to that information. They almost demand it when, like, you should trust. You have you should have that level of trust with your team. Well, you just let them be. Like, just. I mean, how yeah. how can you trust your team if your team is completely going downhill and you have no idea what's going on? So that's you when tr- you start. You tr- fans start no, you asking see, questions. You trust the process. No one trusts <laughs> the process. <laughs> Do you actually? I, I, what's the other team? Uh, shock. Trust the process. Look at that now. What, what yeah. do you mean? Here's the thing. Like, they actually had something going for them. You look at their offseason standings, you pick up Striker, Architect. You know, they had Architect on the team. They also picked up Rascal, and then Choyobin was really stepping up. Super was really stepping up. Sinatra, one of the best, I think, one of the best TPS players out there right now. Uh, Moth really stepping up. It's the fact that they had a direction that people can visualize and see. They didn't have to explain it, they just showed it. The Mayhem, <laughs> unfortunately. Me had a very complicated system that no one could understand because none of the see, picks see, made sense. See, that's when you trust the process. I just, I always <laughs> find that, I find that so, the statement so funny, trust the process. Because I guess you should have some yes. trust in your team. You let's, really should. But like, there's just like, I feel like there's some information you really should know just because of contracts and the legality of it all. And people seem to take things out of context very easily. Like the whole thing with Crystal, like before more of it came out, like people we need flip flopping between being on Crystal's side and being on Spark's side, and now you'll see that hey, Spark has been trying to deal with this player the entire season, and it looks like it's more on Crystal than it's Spark, and so it's like it's one of those things that sometimes you just shouldn't know about it, and like sure. that that that's why you should just like I guess trust the teams and like hope for the best. Don't like and don't like take these shortcomings out of con- like just don't take them out of context. It's, it's not just shortcomings. Like, you can even look at the Florida Bayhem at the start of the season. I always keep going back to the start of the season because, obviously, they had no clue what they were doing until halfway through. You could easily see it for the fact that they had to get rid of their coaching staff and then they had to go through this entire reversal cycle. And, of course, rebuilding took a process between Stage 2 and Stage 3. That made sense. But right at the start of the season, everyone could see that they had no idea what they were doing. So, of course, there are certain instances where the team has to re... Um, to... to, to Re, uh, what was what's what I'm thinking of? Uh, Reorganize, give constant, more like emphasize of what their plan is, or like emphasize what they're doing to change it. Because if you're constantly doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result, then you're gonna lose the fan base. Like that's just plain and simple. Like if we're seeing this team has made zero changes throughout the entire past three seasons, and obviously the fan base is going like, why is there? Why am I even cheering for this team if there's not gonna be any change? Why am I still here? Like, there's nothing – like, it's going to be the same thing over and over and over again. And so that's why there's, like, the, you have to have that uh, reassurance that uh, the team has a plan, that there's going to be something uh, that the team is uh, needs to give the fan. Like, throw a bone to the dog, basically, or else the dog will bite is, is my motto on that instance. But the bone won't have any meat on it. <laughs> but the bone like- at least has something. It's something to chew on. It's something to indulge. You have to, you have and to think of your metaphors, Kneen. 
But I think I'm going to cut you off there because we've been talking about this way too long. And yes. I do not want to edit two hours of rough <laughs> audio. Yeah, I just do noticed that. What can we do with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I, as, a, uh, as a host, you I have to know a, exactly when to cut it off. I dropped a picture into the no, chat. Uh, yeah. Take a This is the current power rankings, apparently. We got Shock, number one. Number two, Gnadiators. This is very, very controversial to me, having those two up there. Number three, Charge. Number four, Justice. Five, Titans. Six, Spitfire. Seven, Rain. Eight, Dragons. Nine, Hunters. Yeah, that's Ten, uh, Dynasty. 11 variant and 12th is mayhem it's like they knew we were going to be doing this 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 uh recording today yeah (laughs) basically i mean here's the thing i never trust power rankings i never trusted it from the start of the season and i don't even trust it i think i feel like they're fun to make but they can really be turned around due to a meta change because like of course like you think you know what's going to happen but then turns out oh what do you know this player can actually carry the entire team it's just straight up information asymmetries that we have here. Like not a complete picture of the information that we need to have. Um, like I feel like power rankings make more sense midway through stage than at the start of the stage because at the start you don't know what's going on and you just do it off of what you think from prior performances. But there's a different meta now. So what what when power rankings, what you should do with them is like take only account what's been played within that meta. Because some people still put like Titans at number one. Shock number one, New York Exod number one, just because of how they played before, even though it's a completely different meta now. So it's one of those funny things about power rankings. I just find them fun to look at and compare them. And the vast ones are always funny. Yeah, yeah no, that is true. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll finally get that uh, Chuck E. Cheese thing done. I was actually talking to him about that. Oh, Vascon? Yeah, yeah, Vascon. Apparently, um, he was talking with the Florida Mayhem because apparently it was a meme at the start, and then then the Florida Mayhem said, "No, let's actually do it." Like, oh, okay, uh, let's not do it in Tallahassee, which is a good call because that city is absolute trash. But uh, but I'm glad that they're probably tr- they're going to try and most likely do it in, in Miami. I don't know if they're going to do it at Chuck E. Cheese specifically, but like, I, I think, think it's it like, I feel like sense. they have to do it at Chuck E. Cheese. They can't do it in a Vascon and not make it at Chuck E. Cheese just because just of the meme of it. Like, then it mm-hmm. wouldn't even be a Vascon. It'd just be Mayhem Con, I guess. Cause, cause Some weird convention that no one's yeah, going to show up to. A, that's the thing. Like People want to go because it's Chuck E. Cheese. It's a vast. It's this meme. So they have to do it at a Chuck E. Cheese. They have to do it. Just how it is. And like, it, yeah. oh my God, doing a knife power rankings thing at Chuck E. Cheese with a vast. That that would be kind of insane. I oh wonder God. what the Wi-Fi would be like. I feel like that's going to be the biggest issue there. Yeah, that's gonna, like, like, would they stream it? It feels like something they would have to stream. Like I don't know if they could bring like a giant cell tower or something. Like a fake, I know like, like maybe... Yeah, because, like, I know there's portable Wi-Fi stuff you can do, but, like... Yeah, but it's a, such a small establishment. Yeah. There's, there's no way they're going to pull it off. Yeah, it's, it's one thing. I it's going to be super... Gonna do it. it's gonna, they have to rent out the entire place, and, like, they, 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 it's going to be, like, limited ticketing and everything. Like, oh, it's going to be that's going to be a nightmare to organize, because it's not like doing an event at the eSports arena, which is made for eSports events. No, this is going to be a Chuck E. Cheese doing eSports event. I mean, he's banking on the current craze of eSports, so let's hopefully he can make money out of it. I mean, it's people like, people tune in just for those uh, those power rankings, so maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> this, uh, I think that's it. Um, yeah, you definitely want to cut it off here. Uh, what's... 
Ah, my god, let me see the schedule, you website. Ah. Uh, Valiant have their game against Boston on Saturday. Star upcoming game. Oh, uh, just. Uh, oh, wow, we both game? have Boston. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we both have Boston. Let's see, let's see who, uh, who puts a better performance, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, but before you go, you should probably uh, tell me what, what do you have to say about the Boston Bunker Boys that we're going to be doing uh, in a couple of days? Oh, Boston Bunker Boys. I haven't actually talked much with them, I think, at all. Like, I know I've taken a peek at them, but I've never actually talked to them, so. I, 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 t- I keep on lookout to all the, uh, the Overwatch. Okay, uh, well, as an a- LA Valiant fan to a Boston Uprising fan, what would you say? I don't want to be mean to them because I'm really good friends with the Boston fan. I can't, like, I usually root for Boston when they're not up against Valiant, so this is very hard for me. <laughs> it's very hard <laughs> for me. Though I will say, I kind of want them to lose just because screw Hulk. <laughs> screw Hulk. S- screw him. Screw him. Just. All right. Well, looks like I got a lot of jokes and you start coming up with next podcast because they do not hold back. <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, I want Boston to be good, but then they have Huck and it's just, it's just a forum well, team. I mean, they're, they're going to change their name anyway to the Boston Downsizing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say so too. <laughs> that's, that's a good name. That's, I, I would go with that any day of the week. Boston Downsizing. Wasn't that... Do you remember that uh, community cuff thing that NC was in, where the, like, a bunch of the team names were puns on the Overwatch League? Was there, yeah. Wasn't there a Boston downsizing in that one? There was a I Boston downsizing. Yeah. The, yeah. <coughs> so I know there's the like LA Mortals as a play on Immortals. So yeah. The, yeah. Which what other plays of onwards were there? Like what other ones? As uh, a Los Angeles Big Geese. <laughs> the, uh, oh my God, the Big uh, Geese that they did recently. There was also San Francisco Shook. Uh, San Francisco shook. Uh, yeah, because um, a friend of ours was in. Uh, they they changed the name to Community Cup. It used to be Community League, but they got it together. They had to change it. Well, like it seemed like most was it all? Or just most of the teams had their team names be a pun on either the Overwatch team or the parent team of the of the team like because like the NA team was NA Mortals because Immortals owns Valiant and then there was the Boston Downsizing San Francisco Shook uh, do you remember any of the other ones because I know you were more into it than I was uh, I think you, was um, that wh- when you were on the team yet or? yeah I, I was on the team during that time yeah, uh, yeah. The, there was well they're not really puns anymore but uh, they, they also had like Florida Harmony uh, Florida Harmony oh yeah. <laughs> it's of mayhem more like Florida eHarmony for senior citizens. Yeah. <laughs> and there was the uh, Dallas Deranged. I don't remember the other ones, though. Dallas Deranged. But yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, full, a, a, a bunch of those like just puns on names, though. See yeah. where you got the downsizing <laughs> pun from. I see you. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but now it actually works as like an actual joke against the uprising. So, so what you're saying is they were psychic. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Yeah, I think that's like all we have to talk about. I don't think there's like any big news that came out recently. Um, yeah, I don't think so. At least I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, like Funhouse is gonna do the thing. Um, I know they want to do more. They've implied that they have more stuff coming up. They haven't released it yet. Knowing Alnock, they'll release it tomorrow, along with another video. <laughs> that's what yeah. always happens. Wait, I think that's it for us, guys. Uh, unless you have anything else to say, Lego Man? Yes, this is Lego Man. Sorry, if you guys want to follow me on my podcast, we have Mayhem Maniacs. We do it every week. We are on Podbean, iTunes, and 
Uh, I think what Spotify as well. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on our Discord, I think I'll send you guys the Discord link if you guys want to share it. Uh, yeah, I'll probably put you? that somewhere in the description of the uh, of the uh, thing. On, guess we we do anchor. We so we have yeah. a description section too. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll definitely keep you guys in touch for our social media. Uh, we'll definitely have some more events coming up during the off season because I know those off season months are going to be so so long, especially after the <laughs> regular season's we were, over. We were dying during off season. Like, what do we talk about? What do we do? <laughs> There's nothing yeah, to yeah, talk basically. about. No, I was just going through the news stories. What kind of joke can I throw out? What kind of a topic can I talk about? Especially when the teams have been announced. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I know this podcast has been a little bit more tame, but don't worry. My podcast is all me being yelling, bombastic, and completely out of my insane, uh, out of my mind. Wait, so we've, um, we've dealt with that for two episodes. Oh yes, you did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it, was it was a good. Watch, yeah, it was yeah, a good go, time though. Go ahead and watch. Well, I was gonna say watch, listen to that episode. Uh, it was not fun to record it with them. No, uh, I swear it a lot, so don't let your kids... Uh, hide your kids, hide your wife, because you got yourself a swear... You say, you uh, say, you're saying mouth. wives can't listen to swearing? Excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> oh, great. Are you now we're going to go into are you this. Saying as soon we're as not I going get into married. politics here. Come on. As soon as I get married, I cannot listen to your show. <laughs> I see how it is. Uh, I see. I see. <laughs> All right, yeah, fine. Anyway. I've been uh, beaten once for trash talk. I'm not going to be beaten again for fucking politics. Censor that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh... So if you want to stay up to date with anything Voicing Valiant, you can find us at on Twitter at Voicing Valiant. Uh, we need to start putting episodes up on YouTube, but I'm so lazy on it. I have to like render everything. <laughs> but instead, just listen to us on Anchor and on Spotify. And I believe Anchor puts them on most podcasts app. Anyway, uh, if you want to keep up to date with Anna Valiant, you can find them at Anna Valiant on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Reddit, Discord, and Snapchat. That's it for us, guys. See you next week. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Yep. Okay, the fu- the funniest thing about Orisa is when she when she sleeps, uh, she sleeps on her side. So I think it was fact that they snapped. Yeah, it was fact. It wasn't fate. Uh, it was fact who got... Uh, snapped this time he was mid jump when he got snapped so he looked like he was jumping into sleeping on his side and it was the funniest thing <laughs> like usually you see them like it's kind of like a boop and then they fall when they get snapped right. but him like since he was already mid-air it's like it was just like it looked like it was he was intentionally sleeping right right rather exactly. than being snapped it was like, oh my god like spamming just resident sleepers in the chat and just waiting yeah. for the diva bomb with the pog champs coming right afterwards yeah yeah <laughs> <sighs>